Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Yelly. And this is She's All Fat. The podcast for fat positivity, radical self-love, and chill vibes only. My dear junior producer Yelly, today's episode is near and dear to your little heart. Yes, I talked about this a little bit on our pumpkin spice obsessions episode, but since quarantine started, I've really gotten into gaming and watching streams on Twitch, and it's been really helpful for my my mental health and my self-care. And so today, Sophie is chatting with gamer legend extraordinaire, Mermaid Queen Jude, who I absolutely love. I'm a huge fan. I'm subscribed to their channel. I love hanging out in their streams, and I'm super excited to hear what they have to say. But before we get to that, let's head over to our little news corner. Okay, ding dong. Are you looking for a holiday gift for that special fatty in your life? Get them something from our stylish Assista collab. We've got prints, we've got a sticker sheet, we've even got a mini banner. They're all really cute. Stylish Sista is a black and fat owned and operated small biz. And when you support them, you're also supporting this fat pod. We have loved seeing all of your cute pics of your super cute SAF stickers. So if you have them and want to flaunt them, please tag us in all of your Instagram pics and stories. Go check out the whole collection at stylishsista.etsy.com. Also, we have a special offer through the end of the year. When you join our Patreon at Team Paisley Moo Moo or above, that's $7 a month, we'll send you a whole sticker sheet as a thanks. Shout out to Tess Malvern. You're getting some free stickers, babe. Also, we've had people get Patreon memberships as presents for their family and friends and spouses before. A great gift for a fellow family member. If you want to help doing that, just send us an email or a DM and we can make it happen. And speaking of the Patreon, we have so much going on over there. When you're on Team Paisley Moo Moo, you get access to our Facebook group where people are talking about the prom on Netflix, Melissa McCarthy, and sharing super cute pics of our dogs in their holiday gear. Yes. You also get bonus She's All Fat minisodes every Friday. This season, our bonus minisodes are all Fatty Film School episodes where I bring on a guest to chat with me about fat rep and fat phobia in movies, like The Holiday, which is a hidden gem we talked about last week. Go to patreon.com slash she's all fat pod to join at Team Paisley Moo Moo for a sticker sheet, bonus episodes, and more. And thank you for listening to our pitch. It's how we keep the doors open here. Also, have you checked out our list of 30 small businesses run by talented fatties? We've got recs for pins, stickers, size-inclusive clothing, mugs, and so much more. Check the link in the show notes. And just in case you need a last-minute gift. I also want to remind everyone that we have a voice mailbox at 213-375-5023, and we want to hear from you. We've already got some sweet messages about holiday traditions that I can't wait to play for you next week. Keep sending those messages in. Okay, we made it through all the stuff we had to do. I'm really excited to do this episode because I have known Jude since they were just a baby Twitter body positive 
influencer. Like I remember we've been talking about this episode essentially since I came on as like yes. a production assistant a couple seasons ago. So we're very excited to do it now. I think it's also such a good time to do it because with quarantine happening, I feel like a lot of people have turned to video games and Twitch. So it's very uh, serendipitous, I guess, that we're doing it now in our sixth season. Yes. It's also nice because I didn't know anything about Twitch or like streaming and I thought of it as a very like, you know, straight guy dominated platform. And so it's really, really nice to hear about what Jude is doing and see how there's space for people like us in places I didn't even know. So I hope y'all enjoy this episode. Uh, here's my conversation with Jude. here with mermaid queen jude on the podcast finally after finally. years in the making <laughs> literally years in the making so long to talk about twitch fat gaming and fat rep in video games so welcome jude can you please introduce yourself yeah hi what's up hello my name's jude i am a variety broadcaster on twitch i'm a content creator i'm a cat mom i am what i would like to describe very loud, very gay, very chaotic, slightly cozy. I stream on Twitch four to five times a week. And you can find me on other places on the internet, like Twitter and Instagram, typically yelling about something, uh, whether positively or negatively. Uh, the future is yet to see, but yes. <laughs> typically yelling. My favorite thing about having known you is that I've gotten to see you progress from like when you just started. I think I DM'd you back in the day and just was like, you're doing great. And you were like, thanks. Yeah. And now you're like <laughs> so big and doing amazing. <laughs> like it's been so fun to watch you grow. Oh, thank you. I appreciate you. I'm just like still feel like a baby. We'll say this again at the end, but tell people what a good intro to your stuff might be if they wanted to come check you out. I think... What I used to describe myself as a good intro to to what the space feels like. I think that like we have a very warm and welcoming space, but it's also just full of memes and full of like chaos energy, but like chaotic good energy. Like yes. I think the way I would describe my community is one that is ride or die in the best way. So for an example, the other night we had someone come in to try and troll and they were trying to like insult me for being gay or bisexual and I turned it around and I was like hey chat what kind of gay are you and they all started listing like food recipes with like what? their like food puns with their gayness mixed in and I was like this oh is great God. and it went on for like 10 minutes and the person like got so embarrassed and left like I didn't even have to ban them <laughs> they just left and I think that that's a really good example of like what my community is like we're all down for the we're all down for the vibes we're all down to clown and like that you will always feel welcomed in our space. Like, we're very welcoming. I love my community so much. I always want to cry because I'm just so, like, I love them. They're all my little ducklings and I just appreciate the <laughs> fuck out of them. If you like games, if you like visual novels, if you like uh, me screeching, if you like bottom energy, uh, that's what you're going to get <laughs> <laughs> over on my channel. That's what we do. Uh, so Can yeah. you talk about your connection to fatness and fat justice in your gaming work? Just in a in brief sentence, yeah. I have many more questions about Absolutely. this below. So for those who don't know, I used to do YouTube and I did primarily fat activism work on YouTube and then quit last November and then pivoted to Twitch. And Twitch is really far behind in terms of like diet culture and fat phobia and just all of these things that I know from my work in this space and so I've been trying really hard on my stream teams because I'm on two different ones to really like bring that justice to the forefront 
and like be like, hey, like this is fatphobic, it's not okay. And people have been really receptive to it and I've made like Twitter threads about like how people can be more inclusive. Because like, I didn't stop being fat because I stopped doing fat activism content. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? Like, and I think that people don't realize that like this was my identity before I started doing fat activism content. Like I was like this before yeah. I started doing that kind of work. So I've tried really hard to kind of like navigate the space of Twitch being really cishet and white and thin and create a space for like fat babes to thrive, which has been really fun for me to like see. Love it. Okay, we're going to explain all those terms for those of y'all who don't know what half those terms are down below. Don't worry um, <laughs> if you're like me and don't know what, what anything is. But first, I want us to talk about our obsessions, which we used to do more of in earlier seasons, and now we're going to bring them back for some interviews. So, Jude, what has been your obsessions recently? Okay, my two obsessions, because I thought of one while we were doing the first part, uh, is Among yes. Us. Yes, so explain what Among Us Among is. Among Us people. is like mafia, but in space. So you yes, are on basically. a spaceship, there are up to 10 of you, and there are two imposters, and basically you are running around as a little like jelly bean doing tasks, and like you have to like fix wiring, and like do a med base scan, and, and do this, and like, and there are two people that are literally going around slicing people in half. You look like a little chicken bone, you have a little chicken, like a little ham bone sticking out of you if you die. And it's really fun because like, as someone who like does Twitch professionally now, like it's a really good way for me to stream with other people, and like have that source of friendship, especially in like the times of COVID where I can't see my friends. It's really nice for me to be like, hey, do you want to play games with me? <laughs> Yes. Which is really, like, really fun for me. But also, Among Us has been out for, like, two years and recently had, like, a resurgence. And it's just been really, really cool to see people, like, discover the game for the first time and, like, really, like, make these new ways of playing it. Like, someone made, like, a hide-and-seek mode, which was wild, where oh everyone was at, like, three times speed. And, like, there's one <sighs> imposter and, like, you can't call meetings and, like, you can't vent. And you have to try and kill everyone before they get their tasks done. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's wild. And so, like, oh, it's so fun to watch people, like, enjoy a game and, like, not have it be this whole, like, rage-inducing kind of scenario. Uh, so I just really enjoy Among Us. I think it's really cute and fun and wholesome. I love that. I think Among Us was one of Yelly's obsessions for one of our Patreon minisodes, too. We played it with my family. It was very fun because... We just like, we're all on FaceTime and then we also were playing the game and so we could like argue with each other and talk about what was going on. I don't think we followed the rules correctly for like <laughs> talking, but it was still really fun. Okay, my obsession this week also has to do with murder, which Among Us has to do oh, I with. I love that. We're here for it. Kill other people. Okay, so I binged this Netflix show called Evil. Because I was looking for something that was kind of spooky, but not actually too scary. Because I'll get night terrors if it's too scary. Mm -hmm. But I wanted it to be spooky, you know? <laughs> no, I got you. So I watched this show called Evil. And it has the guy from Luke Cage. Mm -hmm. And then it has these two other people who I've never heard of. And basically it's like a weird reboot mashup of X-Files and the exorcist so the guy from luke cage is a priest in training but he questions things and then the female lead is this psychologist or psychiatrist and she's sent along with him to like various things that the catholic church wants them to investigate and she's always like it's not a devil and he's like it is a devil and it's like well, that sounds very so cool, though. <laughs> it's very silly and doesn't take itself too seriously but it's fun and kind of spooky and I watched all of it in like three days 
I don't think it's good for kids to watch. <laughs> so don't watch it around your kids. But I have been enjoying it so far and I hope they make a second season and not just do what they do with all my other favorite Netflix shows and like end no. them after. Yep. <laughs> cut off okay so I loved doing those obsessions thank you for doing those obsessions with me yeah thank you let's move on to the meat of it the meat of it okay so we're talking about gaming and fat gaming and all this Yelly wanted me to talk about my favorite games and how I started playing video games the truth is I don't (laughs) really play video games I play Stardew Valley and Animal Crossing on my Switch that's it I love Stardew (laughs) they're both games that I can do by myself and nobody's yelling at me or like breathing down my neck to go faster I'm Mm -hmm. not gonna mess up anybody's team if I don't do it the right way yeah and I also don't have to coordinate my hand-eye coordination too much (laughs) for those I don't know what you call this genre of game but where you have to control moving with one joystick thing mm-hmm. and looking around with the F- other yeah. it's like fps it's like first person okay yes those are really hard for me and i don't quite understand how to do them so i've never gotten into those but i really like stardew valley and those kinds of games you might like moonlighter moonlighter is kind of like a stardew valley-esque game and the lore of it is that like you inherit this shop from your parents i think and like at night, you, like, go and fight little monsters in the caves, and then whatever you gain from the caves, you go back and you sell it at your shop in the morning. And so the more okay, money that you does get, the more money you get, you get to open, like, these shops and stuff. It's really cool. I got it on my Switch. It's really cool. That sounds right up my alley. That, and then Yelly was telling me about some other game I need to play where you're, like, helping people pass over or something like Ooh, Spirit Fair. I haven't played it yet. Yes. But, yeah, Spirit Fair is definitely one that has been circulating around as well. Those are good recs for anybody like me who wants, like, very chill vibes in their video games because you have low low hand-eye skills at the moment. <laughs> I would also say this is a AA game, so it's, like, 60 bucks, but I think it's worth it. Fire Emblem Three Houses is the only Fire Emblem game I've played, but the soundtrack is amazing. It kind of works like a visual novel in a lot of ways, but it's it's technically a JRPG so like you What's are that? a JRPG. A fi- what is Fire Emblem? What is JRPG? Okay, so a JRPG is kind of like a fighting game, but with RPG, there's turn-based combat. So you're not actually like, you don't have to really have hand-eye coordination. It's more like a chess game more than anything else. Okay. I like Fire Emblem a lot because there are three houses specifically because there are literally so many paths you can go down so you can replay it. Okay, that sounds fun. It's fun. It's a time sink. I think my first playthrough, I played like 50 hours of it. And, like, it was wild. I have to do another play- – I'm probably going to do another playthrough soon, probably on my channel, because I started playing Fire Emblem before I started streaming. What is Fire Emblem? Fire Emblem is a is a kind of like a, a series of games. They don't connect at all. They're just all un- – it's like the Mario games, where they don't connect, but they're all under the same umbrella. So Fire Emblem is like Got a it. series of games and stuff. So, yeah. Okay. How did you start gaming? What was your intro to gaming? Ooh, okay. So this this story is kind of convoluted and complicated. Though when I was younger, my brother was really into games. And so we would play Tekken 3 on our PlayStation 2. I started playing fighting games very, very young. And I love Tekken 3. It's why I bought a PS Classic. I have it. I'm going to play Tekken 3 on my channel soon. I'm very excited. But when my brother passed away, I stopped playing games for a long time. And when I got to college, I was just like, my back had gone out in one of my movement classes. And I was like, well, I'm at home all day and I need something to do. So I bought myself a PS4. (laughs) 
And I got really into Overwatch really fast. And so I was just like, this is fun. Like, this is rewarding. Like, I like being able to, like, get better at games and stuff like that. So I downloaded a few games, but I only played Overwatch because Overwatch gave me the satisfaction of getting better at something. And, like, yeah. you can, like, click heads and kill people. And it was very satisfying. <laughs> the only games that I would play outside of that were, like, Pac-Man at like the laundromat or like at arcades with my sister, you know what I mean? So like when I got my PS4, that was the first time I really like stepped foot into the world of of gaming in, in the modern era and like on Twitch. And so I got really into Overwatch and so I got into Twitch and I was watching Overwatch streamers. And then like through Overwatch, I found like Dead by Daylight, which is an asymmetrical horror game where you play as a survivor or a killer. And that lasted throughout my whole college career where I was just on Twitch, just like passively, not thinking that like I could do that. And then I started spending more and more time on Twitch <laughs> and and gradually like got into more games because it's really fun to watch people experience things for the first time. I would just watch people play like Animal Crossing or like Stardew. Like I really think there's a place for everyone on Twitch, which is really cool. So yeah, I really got back into gaming in like college because I didn't have a choice because my body was like, hi, uh, we don't want to do anything. We hurt. Yeah. We're in pain. Yeah. <laughs> it was a good escape for you and then turned into something else you can do all the time. That's yeah. Awesome. I mean, I'm sure a bunch of our listeners are into gaming because it's so popular. But for people like me and those of our listeners who are not into gaming, can you give like a brief primer on what gaming culture is like and if fat people are welcome in general? Because I think my impression is always like, oh, it's a bunch of like white teenage boys and like I'm going to get yelled at. You know what I mean? Is that how accurate is that point of view? I think it's accurate, but not accurate at the same time. So Twitch is very vast and very wide in a lot of respects. And so like, I truly think there's a space for everyone on Twitch. And so what I would say is if you have Twitch streamers that you admire or Twitch streamers that like are in the space, find where they hang out. <laughs> because for me, I'm on two different stream teams. Uh, I'm on Rainbow Arcade. What is a stream team? A stream team is like a collection of streamers. And depending on what the stream team's mission is, they do different things. So a stream team essentially is a tag. You get a little tag under your video on Twitch that says you're on that team. But depending on the team, it can either be just a directory of streamers or like I have found, it can be little tiny pockets of families. <laughs> So I'm in two different, basically, family units. I'm on Rainbow Arcade. What are they? Uh, so I'm on Rainbow Arcade, which is a LGBTQ plus stream team. It's a strictly LGBTQ plus stream team. I love Rainbow Arcade so much because, and I love my other stream team as well for the same reason, we have tried really hard to cultivate and maintain safe, quote unquote, safe spaces on Twitch. And we do that through our code of conduct. We have a very strict code of conduct that we as streamers have to follow. And if you break those code of conduct, then leadership is like, hey, uh, no and you get kicked off the team. And it's so that our streams are safe spaces for people to come to, and so that we're able to raid each other, which if you don't know what a raid is, basically when you're done streaming, you take all your little ducklings and you go drop them in someone else's pond. And so <laughs> when I raid someone, I can raid someone from either of my stream teams and I know that my stream will be safe because as a streamer, I have very strict rules <laughs> and very strict guidelines on how people can interact and and act in my stream. We have a thing on my panels that's like, this is a space that uplifts and protects marginalized voices. If that's not for you, this isn't the stream for you. And you can pretty pretty much tell if a stream's gonna be for you in like the first like five minutes of being there because mm -hmm. you can tell if they're moderating their chat, if they're allowing things to slide, if they're letting people be weird, if they're saying rude jokes. Like there are so many people on Twitch who are just like really shitty people. And so I'm not saying that Twitch doesn't have its flaws or that 
people aren't shitty because they are. <laughs> but if you find your the spaces that you feel welcome in, you can find a home on Twitch, which is really, really odd to, for me to say, like in retrospect, but yeah. What about people who don't necessarily want to stream and maybe they're like a fan of one or two people on Twitch, but they want to find other friends who do gaming? Is that like... Yeah, it's a thing. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. yeah. So, so, so on Twitch, the protocol for being on Twitch is that like, if you're a streamer, you have a Discord and in your Discord, you'll have, in my Discord specifically, we have... Discord is like a chat, a yeah. chat program. Yeah, Discord's people. a, a trying chat to find everything. Uh, that's yes. kind of like a forum. So like our Discord, we have a Dead by Daylight channel, we have an Among Us channel, we have an Animal Crossing channel, and then we have three voice channels underneath. And most nights now, which is really cute and I love to see it, my community will like go into the DVD channel and be like, hi, does anyone want a squad? And so your favorite streamers most likely have some form of looking for gaming kind of scenario thing a going on. A community that you could plug into. Yeah, okay, a community cool. that you can plug into. And like, it's, it's a way for you to find gamers and streamers and people to game with and a lot of streamers will host like in discord like community nights which I'm gonna start doing more often now that I have time to do it and I'm very excited about it a lot of people will host movie nights like I know that my mods hosted a princess diaries movie watch in our discord a few weeks ago which was really cute. cute it was super cute so like if you're nervous about making friends like the community is a reflection of the streamer and yeah. so if you think your streamer is really nice their community is probably also nice. Like someone who I like think about this a lot, who we wouldn't expect to be someone whose community is like very safe and welcoming is Jason Sully. So Jason is the stereotypical straight white man, but Jason's also one of my closest friends. And Jason has done a really good job of cultivating a community that is safe and welcoming for marginalized people. And he uses his platform for good. There are also marginalized creators who are also doing that. You know what I mean? And so I can go into Jason's stream and be like, hi, who wants to play games? <laughs> And like, without my partner badge on, just in general. And people would be like, hi, I want to play games. And Jason would be like, join my Discord. And a lot of streamers will be like, hey, join the Discord if you ask about gaming things. And so cool. you can find friends that way. Streamer Twitter is also a really good plugin to streamer Twitter, <laughs> even though sometimes it's a, it's, a, it's a dumpster fire, is a really good way to find friends. I think Twitch, at the core of it, is all about community. And there is no Twitch without the community aspect of it. And so... If you're nervous about it, you can like step your toes in and be like, hi, and most likely someone will say hi back. That's nice. That's a good welcoming description. Now I have some questions for you about specifically fatness and games. I don't know if there is a yes answer to any of these questions, okay. but I'm going to ask them. Mm -hmm. Do you know about any fat people making games or if there's like fat positive games in any way? I don't think there's exactly fat positive games. I know of people who work in the gaming space who are fat. But there aren't that many, like, fat positive representations because I think that gaming still has a long way to go. I think we played, what is it called? Final Fantasy VII Remake. And the only care we talked about it as a, as a critique because one of the only characters in the game who was fat really liked food. Like, that was a thing that was going on. And so I was just like, uh -huh. I hate it. And so, like, we yes. had a conversation about it because, like, the character itself, like, that wasn't his only characterization. But as someone who, like is primed on this kind of stuff. I was just like, ooh, that's not, ooh. And then recently I've heard of Hades, which is I think an RPG that's recently been floating around that their only fat character is a villain, which we know fat people are villainized. Yeah. Uh, yes. And so I think that like, there's still a long way to go. Although I will say in Arcade Spirits, which is a visual novel, one of the characters, her name is Juniper, she's fat. And it's not mentioned, like, it's not a part of her thing. She's shown in a, I think, in a bikini or a one piece. I don't remember when the, the beach episode happened. Because there's a beach episode in Arcade Spirits. It's really fun. Cute. So, like, I think if you're looking for fat representation, 
indie games are going to be where you want to be. Indie games, indie games by independent developers are going to be where you want to be because main studios are not doing it. They're just not. They're not. It's like Hollywood. Like they're not, they're not doing it. And it's not, it's not going to happen for a while. And if it does happen, it's probably done poorly. And I haven't seen any main studios doing really good work when it comes to fat rep unfortunately. I do think that there are a lot of animal characters I've seen that are chubby or fat. Like mm-hmm. Animal Crossing has very round characters. Yeah. But I don't know if that counts as fat rep because animals are allowed to be <laughs> chubby and cute <laughs> Yeah, when, when people aren't. But I will say Animal Crossing has some cute chubby characters. Yeah, Animal Crossing does. Oh, speaking about Arcade Spirits again, because I love this game so much. There's also a fat yes. uh, male character in Arcade Spirits. His name is Percy. And I love him. That's it. I love him. <laughs> I don't. I didn't. Dis- I didn't. I didn't romance him, so I don't know a lot about him. <laughs> but I just know that I love him. <laughs> okay, let's see. Here's our next question that I again have to have you explain because okay. Yelly knows way more about this than me. What's your favorite emote? Oh, what's that mean? Emotes are personal emotes that you can have in your channel. They're kind of like emojis. So my personal favorite emote on my own channel is Jude Knife. It's me holding a knife. It's a cartoon me holding a knife. Cute. I'll just link you to my channel page so that you can see it. Hold on. Where's our okay. chat? You can get, this is a Twitch emote channel thing. So you can see all my emotes that I have up currently. I feel so old. <laughs> I don't, okay. Oh my God. These are so cute. Yeah. My favorite one is Jude Knife, which is the one of me holding the knife, but I really like Jude Sus. I think it's so funny. <laughs> uh, I think it's so cute. And then I have little ones of Orion as well. Like, I think all of our emotes are incredible. Oh, and they have little badges for yeah. subscribers. Yeah, you get little badges, um, and then cheer badges are, like, so on Twitch, you can cheer bits, which are, like, basically, like, Twitch's form of currency. So you get upgraded badges depending on how many bits you cheer over a lifetime of being subscribed to someone or just being in the channel. Ari still has more emotes to give me because <laughs> we recently got partnered, so when you get partnered... You unlock emote slots depending on how many subscribers you've had over time. Partnered with another streamer? No, partnered with Twitch. So when you get partnered with Twitch, you have to do this whole thing where you have to like meet 75 average viewers. You have to stream over a certain period of time. You have to um, have this many hours under your belt basically. And then you apply basically telling Twitch about you and your community and your experience. And then Twitch decides whether or not they want to give you the partner batch. And basically you're verified on the platform. You get more emotes. It's just a a milestone kind of thing. If you're thinking about doing Twitch streaming for like a a profession kind of thing, it also helps with brands to be like, Hey, I'm a partner on Twitch. And they'll, and they'll be like, Oh, okay. Uh, (laughs) Kind of scenario. Uh, yeah. So yeah, so when you get partner, you get to unlock more emotes because as an affiliate, you only get five. As a partner, you get up to 60, depending on how many subscribers you've had over time. And you get five tier two and five tier three, which are levels of subscription that people pay. So these are just rewards that you unlock for being a good streamer, essentially. Essentially, yeah. So yeah, my favorite emote is, is definitely uh, Jude Knife. I think Jude Knife is the funniest emote I have. <laughs> We'll have to post that on the social when this app comes out. Oh my um, god, yes. I love Jude Knife. I also like Jude Cozy. Jude Cozy is very cute. I think one of my favorite emotes as well is Jude Chaos, which is Orion in <laughs> a Velociraptor costume. I love it. Because it's so small in chat that a lot of people don't see what it is. And they're just like, what is that? And I'm like, it is my cat in a Velociraptor <laughs> costume. <laughs> 
so cute. Oh my gosh. Okay, I have another question for mm-hmm. you. When you're talking about all these like ways, the the fact that your community feels very safe and people know how to act, what are the things you do to set those healthy boundaries? And are there any of those things that you think people could apply in their own personal online spaces, whether or not they're on Twitch? Absolutely. I think having a code of conduct for yourself and your stream or your online space is so important. So like for me, I have personal boundaries in terms of no no racism, no transphobia, no ableism, etc. Don't be an asshole basically. But but like those rules are really important because then people can't come to you and be like, hey, I didn't know. You know what I mean? People can't say, oh, you never said that. It's like, oh, I did. Yeah. It's in my panels, bro. Uh, it's in my panels. But also we have a very strict no ableism rule in our in our stream. Like we have an ableism command that links to a document that lists ableist words and then also lists substitutes for those words because it's hard for us to rework the way that we speak when we live in a very ableist society that uses like dumb, stupid, crazy, like in everyday vernacular, right? And so like, I'm never going to be mad at someone for like, messing up like that's not that's not what we're that's not what we're about those are the hardest things for me to get out of my speech I'm better at not doing them and typing because I'll type it and then I'll be like delete 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 yeah but it comes out a lot when I'm it's like really hard to replace those specific it's so hard those ones yeah it's so hard so the way we circumvent it in my chat something on twitch that people don't really use or know about is that you can ban words in your chat so that if someone sends a message with those words the message doesn't send so Mm. we have those words in our banned word system so that if someone sends a message with it it doesn't send and nine times out of ten when someone's like hi why did my message go through i'm like did you use an ableist word and then they're like yeah yeah and i'm like well there you go that's fine (laughs) that's fine one of my boundaries on instagram is you are not allowed to vent to me without using some kind of trigger warning or content warning or anything to detail what it is you're going to vent to me about or without permission. Because back when I was doing fat activism work full time, a lot of people would tell me about like their eating disorders. A lot of people would tell me about their issues with their bodies. And I know that you experienced this as well. Yes. Without any kind of warning. And it's like, listen, I get it that you're struggling and I get it that you feel closer to me than you feel with a lot of people. But the reality of the situation is situations that you know me a lot better than I know you, first of all. Second of all, I do not need an essay at 9 a.m. with your trauma. I just don't. It's interesting to see that's happened to me less since we transitioned from a more chatty pod to a more like interview based pod with Mm -hmm. other people, which I wonder is if it's because like I'm sharing less of my just weekly in and out. And so I wonder if people feel somehow feel less close to me and more of that like respectful distance that I was kind of longing for people to feel. I think that that's why. I think when I shifted from YouTube stuff to Twitch stuff, a lot of people felt a little bit of distance from me because I was no longer Which is not that I don't want, it's not that I don't want people to message me. It's just that sometimes it's too much. Like sometimes people will start their messages by saying like, I can't talk to anyone in my life about this. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not in your life. Yeah, I'm not in your life. You can't talk to me about it. Someone I don't know you. DM'd me at like 3 a.m. a few weeks ago. And I was like, this is, no, this is not yeah. allowed. You cannot do Those this. Those boundaries are hard to set, especially when, when I was doing a lot more posting on my story and stuff, I would get more of those too. Because again, people feel like it's a, it's kind of a catch 22 because mm-hmm. I want people to feel they're invited into my space and like I, they can talk to me, blah, blah. But I want them to be like, there's there's a boundary yeah and the boundary can be hard to set in different contexts I think so it's like really nice to hear that you've been able to do that really well with your twitch community yeah I think twitch makes it a little bit easier like there's a lot of things wrong with twitch don't get me wrong like there are there are things that need to be fixed but the innate tools that they've built into twitch like the band words like 
auto mod, like giving moderators permission to edit things like those things have helped me protect my community in ways that I could not do on YouTube. I could not do the content that I wanted to make on YouTube because I was being harassed 24 seven because yeah. I was getting death threats 24 seven. And on Gosh. Twitch, I never see those messages. I never yeah. get them. They never get to me. You type them yes. out and I don't see them. And like, yeah. that's the thing. And like having a good moderator team also is really important for Twitch. If you're, if you're any kind of marginalized identity, if you're a woman, if you're queer, if you're fat, um, if you're a person of color, you need to have a good moderator team. Even if it's just like your friends at first, like having two or three people just in your stream at all times that you know are there to protect you is going to lift so many weights off your shoulders because nine times out of 10 now, my mods will bop something before I even know that there's something to bop. It's like, oh, okay, cool. I, I, I trust them because the way I do my mod stuff is that like, I will put out applications for mods. I will go through, I will pick four or five people and then my mods will go through and select who they think fits the vibe check. Like you have to pass the vibe. And that's another thing in our channel that like, you have to pass the vibe check. If you're coming in here being weird, like that's not allowed. I think I'll, I am wondering if part of that is because of the live element that like you can see and interact with people as it's happening instead of people encountering it differently on their own and then having a more solitary experience with it. I mean, I guess. Like, like, there are VODs, though. I have people who watch our VODs. A VOD is your, like, recorded stream. So, like, your VODs stay up basically for, like, two weeks. And I have people who watch the VODs and, like, are chill. Is there, like, chat interact there, uh, though? No, there's not. And uh, we have Discord. But, like, if people want to, like, react to the VOD, they'll probably just tweet at me. And yeah. it's nice. Like, I haven't had a negative experience yet with someone watching my VODs. I think it makes it, like, if I could be in real time and other people were seeing what other people were saying to me, then there might be more of that easier way to set boundaries. Oh, absolutely. Because you're like, we're all in this together. Like, you're here, I'm here. Let's not, you know, that's really interesting. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Can you talk about some of the kind of gatekeeping or boundaries around being active on Twitch. Like I was imagining if you're low income, it might be hard to get into stuff if you don't have the equipment or you don't have access to like paying for stuff. How can people of different, you know, people who are disabled, people who are low income, people, blah, 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 like what are all the 
What are so, we'll talk about that. <laughs> if you are a woman or woman aligned right now, a thousand dreams fund, which is a if just a nonprofit organization, gives out grants up to 2K for you to use on tech equipment, specifically for Twitch. So I got a grant from them, but I'm holding on to it because the GoXLRs are sold out. But there are grants that you can apply for. Um, there's I Need Diverse Games, which is another nonprofit. There are people who do giveaways from time to time for equipment. But if you're if you're not looking to to do that, which is fine, like valid, there are really cheap like webcams you can get sometimes you don't even need a webcam to do it you can get like a like a pc laptop uh i know for me i wasn't able to pay for my pc on my own and i pay it in installments and so if you have someone who can either co-sign with you for that kind of thing or if your credit is good enough to do it on your own i recommend that for folks who can't pay it all at once like i got a beast of a pc because i was also doing video editing so like I got a piece of PC because I was just like, all right, well, I'm not only doing Twitch, like I'm doing Twitch as a, an experiment. This all started as an experiment. This wasn't supposed yeah, to. Yeah, I want you to talk about, that's my next question, yeah. is to talk about your, your transition from like doing fat activism all the time to doing streaming. Like, tell me, tell me about that. Yeah. So I was creating fat activism content around queerness, mental health, being fat, and talking about like media representation, talking about like queer representation, talking about what it was like. It was good content. It was very good content. I miss making it. Yeah. Uh, it was great content. <laughs> it was great content. I made really good content. But the problem with that is that like YouTube is very much what I would say an all right space um, <laughs> and doesn't protect their marginalized creators at all. And it's no. very difficult to be a marginalized creator. Like for those who are listening, I am a queer Latinx disabled fat creator. And so YouTube is not a very welcoming space for me. And there are no protections I've in seen place. that over and over from other fat bloggers or fat, like, fashion people who just yeah. try to do YouTube. And just after a while, they're always just like, I can't handle this anymore. Like, it's somehow much more aggressive than, yeah, the, than a lot of other so platforms. Yeah, so aggressive. And the thing about it is, is that, like, people will literally just steal your content. Like, straight up just steal your content, repurpose it, put it on awful forums, put it on places that it shouldn't be. Yeah. Take your face without permission and you can't even fight them in court because technically it's fair use even if it's not fair Ugh. use and like if you're someone who is low income there's no way for you to pay those court fees to to fight right. that you know what I mean and so there was a point where I was like I'm not making any money I'm not having fun I hate making videos now it makes me anxious I'm having really bad PTSD episodes mm. I don't want to do this anymore and at that point the universe intervened for those who don't know I'm also a witch uh, I was working on video <laughs> editing content for um, for a client of mine and my laptop started to skip so like the frames were dropping and I couldn't even edit the video that I was supposed to be editing and I was like I think I need a new computer and I don't want to pay for another MacBook because at that point I had already paid $700 to repair my MacBook. Yes. And I was just like, no. And I went online and I was like, are we doing this? Yeah, we're probably doing this. And then I got a PC and I was like, all right, we're going to try Twitch. And if I, if I hate it, if it sucks, like if I, if I don't want to do it, then I won't do it. And I'll probably just like focus on Instagram or something. And I was talking to Stevie, who's a friend of mine. And I was like, should I like do Twitch? And she's like, do you want to do YouTube? And I was like, no. I was like, yeah, then you should do Twitch. And I was like, okay. So then I started on Twitch and I started playing Stardew. Like I did Stardew. Uh, I started with Stardew. We did a farm. I started in my bedroom. I didn't have a proper gaming chair. I had a Popson chair that was broken. I had a webcam that I bought online. I was using a headset that I had bought from my PS4 a while back. My audio was terrible. And I told my friends that I was streaming. I was like, hey, I'm going to stream. And they were like, all right. And they came by and they streamed. I got affiliate in three days, which made me want to cry. There was something really fun about 
being live and being able to interact with people and play games and chill and have it be something that could be something that was bigger than that. And so I said, I'll give myself three months. And if by month three, I don't hate it, we can start to decide what we want to do with this. And I didn't hate it. And we, we played through Fallen Order, which is like a Star Wars game that came out on PS4 last fall. Um, we played through that whole thing. We played through a game called After Party, which is a game where it's an indie game where you basically like you die and you have to like party your way out of hell. Like you have to party with <laughs> Satan in order to leave. It's a That's really fun. it's a really fun game. Played Stardew. We played a bunch of stuff. And then I at that point was like realizing that while I was doing YouTube at the tail end of it, I was kind of martyring myself and realizing that being a martyr had become all that I was. And I had kind of segmented myself into like this little pigeonhole and I just wasn't happy. And I was relearning what it was to experience joy in doing a job and prioritizing queer joy, prioritizing fat joy. And like that is something that I am very much about now where it's like, we're allowed to to not only talk about our trauma and pain, like we're allowed yes. to just have fun. We're allowed to just chill. We're allowed to just vibe. And that's okay. Like we don't have yes. to be talking about our trauma 24-7 to be valid. And it's something that that's, I'm still yes. working through. And it's something that like I didn't realize that I was like re-traumatizing myself by subjecting myself to that content day in and day out. Because for those who don't know, I worked really hard on YouTube. I made four videos a week. I was on Instagram all the time. I was on Twitter all the time. I worked my ass off basically for nothing, for like getting to a point where I was just like exhausted and didn't make any money burnt and burnt out. So yeah, so I, I, I pivoted because I was like, I can't keep doing this. I'm only 22 and I feel like I want to scream at the top of my lungs. Like it's not, it's not okay. I mean, yeah, that's one of the reasons that with this pod, we've always tried to be ch- like, we've always had chill vibes. <laughs> it's like, One of the things, because I'm so tired of fighting about fat pain and, Mm -hmm. like, how people mistreat fat people and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Those get a lot of retweets, but they make me miserable because then I have people attacking me for days afterwards. And, like, prioritizing spaces. I mean, that's one of the reasons why, like, last season, we talked to a lot of people who are just fat doing a thing. Yeah. You know, because I want to show people, you know, this is a space for fat people. That doesn't mean we only have to talk about fat activism. Right. You know, it's like, it's also revolutionary and good to show, you know, like a fat person doing this thing successfully or doing Mm -hmm. that thing happily. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I think that our, our existence is resistance. And I think that that gets lost along the way. People are like, oh, you're not doing enough because you're not shouting about X, Y, and Z. And I, a few months ago, talking to my therapist and I was like, oh, I know that I've kind of gotten past this because like something was happening in the community and like there was just drama. And I was like, I don't care about this. (laughs) Like, I just don't care about this. And like past me, who was still in the community, because that was the other thing is that like a lot of people expected me to react to things based in anger or based in outrage. I was doing a lot of outrage content. A lot of people who aren't creators or... I don't know how to say it, like people who aren't uh, people people look to in -hmm. in fat community, sometimes they're expected, sometimes they expect people who are like creators or, you know, influencers or whatever to just like give them the words for how they might feel Mm -hmm. in a moment if they don't feel like, like a lot of people have told me that they'll look to me for like my take on something. And I'm like, that's nice. But I don't want to always be your conduit of like rage. Like you have to come up with this by yourself. Right. You know, you can be angry without me, too. Right. And I mean, for me, another thing that being too involved in that kind of up and down all the time 
did for me was make me, it honestly made me feel less integrated as a person, mm-hmm. like be focusing more on, um, what I like and, and not reacting to every fat phobic thing made me feel more, I don't know. I'm not saying this clearly, but it just made it easier for me to feel comfy. Like yeah. I didn't feel like I had to be looking for stuff all the time. No, you know? same. I, uh, since starting Twitch, I was telling my community this yesterday, I am such a more happy and well-rounded individual I'm such a better person than I was I don't react in anger as quickly anymore I hear people out or if I don't want to hear people out I'm just like that's not for me you know what I mean like I have very clear boundaries on like what I want to engage with and what I don't want to engage with and it's just so nice to like like currently I'm relearning how to be a full human is what I like to call it yeah. because I currently moved out of my parents' house. And so Ooh. for those who don't know, I have complex PTSD around living situations. And so I'm currently relearning what it is like to live fully and like be able to sit in a living room and watch TV and like play with our cats and like take a bath yeah. and cook in the kitchen. Like there are lots yeah. of things that my energy is focused on that have nothing to do with outrage stuff on the internet. And it's so nice to like be able to have joy on the internet. I have so much more fun on the internet now than I used to because I'm hyping people up that are having a good time I'm finding people to play games with I am in other people's streams just memeing like it's so nice to like be a full person because I think that a lot of the times those of us that are marginalized in the public eye are expected to martyr ourselves or or segment ourselves to perform that identity to be kind of a vocal point for other people exactly I mean don't don't get me wrong like that stuff is also important. Having somebody strongly say like, hey, this isn't okay about various stuff or whatever. But first of all, it doesn't have to always be in community people. Someone else could fucking say it. Yeah. Someone, <laughs> you know? You know and hey. second of all, like, we, we can't, we don't have to do that all the time. Like, sometimes I do feel strongly enough about something and I feel like I'm in a good place and then mm-hmm. I want to go on and be like, blah, 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 blah. But yeah. I only want to do that when I feel able to handle the repercussions. I can't always do that. You right. know, I haven't been on Twitter or Instagram for like the last couple months mm-hmm. because I've been too stressed out and like, I can't do it that's right valid now. so no that's so valid someone else is going to tweet about the fat phobic things on netflix it's not me right now right you know someone else could do it it's hard to find a balance because like for me seeing anger about fat phobic stuff was really important to me allowing myself to feel anger mm-hmm. about fat phobic stuff yeah. when i was first getting into fat positivity and it's not like that doesn't play a role it's just an exhausting role and we gotta like gotta do also other things. take care of ourselves yeah <laughs> One thing that I've been talking about recently is that like when you are upset with your body or when you're upset with yourself or or when you hate yourself publicly, you have to think about who's benefiting from that and who's yeah. profiting off of that. And so we've been talking a lot about how self-love is an act of rebellion and yeah, self-love doesn't fix oppression. We've been over yes. this, we know this, but it is something to be said about where you are exerting your energy and how you are exerting that energy. And like, yeah, it's important to feel anger. It's important to feel sadness it's important to realize that these things still need to change but how are you taking care of yourself how are you refilling your cup when you are fighting those fights also you don't have to fight every fight that you're invited to right you do not have to throw hands at every fight I promise (laughs) (laughs) yes it's so true I'm gonna be interested after this to check out twitch a little bit more I want to look at your stuff specifically obviously and see more like how does it actually go because I am very interested in why different internet communities are harder than others to make Mm -hmm. a like good space in 
And I'm excited to get more into that because yeah. I've never watched anything on Twitch. If you like, need recs, I have so many. Yes. I have so many. I need many. all the recs. <laughs> I love Twitch so recs. much. I think Twitch is so fascinating for so many reasons. And I think that it's because, like I said before, there's literally a space for everyone. And sometimes my vibes are more chill, but most of the time they're just chaotic. Like it's <laughs> it's chill, but chaotic. I don't know how to describe it to you. Like it's just fun to like be able to like be my full authentic self. Yeah, I'm on. I'm on. But I, but I am my full authentic self on stream, and that's yeah. really fun to have permission to be that. So does Twitch, do you make money off of Twitch? I do. do. you want to talk about that? I do. Okay. So on Twitch, once you're an affiliate, which is the level below partner, you can make money off Twitch through subs, through bits. You can make money through tips as well, but you don't have to be an affiliate for that. So on Twitch, there are different tiers of subs. There's a $5 sub, a $10 sub, a $25 sub. Twitch takes a cut of that depending on what level it is and whether or not you're a partner. There's bits, which is the Twitch income Do thing. people pay for those? Yes. So you pay bits? for them. Okay. You pay for them. There's an upcharge for them. And then if you give bits, the streamer gets the full amount of bits because you paid the upcharge for them. Bits kind of work like pennies. Like one bit is one cent, basically. And then there's tips that you can do through the creator's tip jar, whatever tip jar they have linked. And there's like Patreon, obviously, and then, but like directly through Twitch, you make money through subscribers and bits. That's what you make money through. And so some streamers have like subathons, some streamers just encourage you to sub, which is why like the emotes are important. Like I think emotes are really important because it gives people an incentive to sub or it gives people like a reward for subbing in a way. You get to use them. Yeah, if you get to use them. Yep. You get to use them all over Twitch okay. and also in Discord if you're in their Discord server. If you're subbed, you get to use them all over Discord. And yeah, so I make most of my income through Twitch, which is wild. I'm so proud of you. I pay my rent with Twitch. I was talking to my roommate about this because I was like, I feel, I feel like an imposter. And she's like, bitch, you literally pay your rent money with Twitch. Yeah, with Twitch. That's amazing. Yeah. It's so cool. It's so cool. I feel so blessed. Like, I always feel so blessed and overwhelmed at, like, the amount of success that we've had in such a short time. And I think about Whitney because Whitney Catalano, we talk a lot. And Whitney Catalano, friend of the pod, who has been on our, like, last couple seasons. Yes. <laughs> Whitney was making a few Instagram stories like a few months ago about how like when you are aligned with something, it happens much faster. And I was noticing that with Twitch. I was just like, oh, like I feel aligned and things are happening much faster than I anticipated. And so like, I really think I'm doing what I'm, what I was supposed to be doing a while ago, but like we got here eventually. It's fine. Uh, But I do make money on Twitch. I also video edit for other Twitch streamers because that's a skill set I have and people have been asking me about mentorship and helping them with branding and stuff which I'm still working on getting around to but like yeah I make money on Twitch I do I do things and it's just it's just really weird and cool and that's amazing it's such a no, fun existence good. to like live in I think you should be very proud of all of that and I think Whenever I feel that way about stuff, like, a lot of times I'll be like, I do a podcast, you know, when I'm feeling, like, down on myself. (laughs) And then inevitably I'll get some message that's like, thanks so much, this episode helped me talk to my mom. And then I'm like, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Shut up, Sophie. Yeah. (laughs) Get over it. I do the same thing. And it's just so cool because, like, I get to make money playing games and talking to my community and playing games with my friends and vibing. And having a community, like I get to essentially make money for having a community on the internet. Yeah, that's amazing. That's so cool. It's so cool. And that is work, as we just talked about. That is work. 
yeah it's yeah. work and I love my job so much I love streaming on Twitch I was off routine last week because our internet was shitty and I had to fight with the internet company for seven days straight Ugh. and like Ugh. I was so off routine and I missed them and I was like I just want to I was going to my roommate and I was like I just want to stream and she's like <laughs> I know <laughs> I was like I just want to stream because I love streaming so much like I just and I think as someone like who is disabled like streaming has allowed me to have an autonomy over my finances it's allowed me to be able to work from home like you're your own boss I can stream for four hours and call it I can stream for three hours if I don't feel well and call it I can stream an extra day if I need to like I can take off if I need to and that is something that I do not take for granted it's something that I am very thankful for that I'm able to to do my job and be able to take care of myself at the same time and do the things that I want to do and this is what I'm what I tell people all the time like my job as a streamer my job as a creator is to empower you to make the decisions that make your life easier is to empower you to make decisions that you are afraid of because you're allowed to be these things even though people are telling you not to my job is to give you the empowerment and and strength to spit in the face of the people that tell you that you can't do anything because you're allowed to, there's nothing wrong with you. You're allowed to do the things that you want to do. And like, yes. that's my job as a streamer. It's my job as a, as a community facilitator, which is what we like to call me as well uh, in my mods. I like to call my mods those as well because that's what they are. I love that. I think that is the perfect thing to end on. My final question for you is just if you have any advice to any fat babies who want to start their own Twitch channel. Yeah. Okay. So please use the moderator tools that Twitch gives you. Banned words are your friend. If you want to ban the word fat in your chat, you're allowed to do that. It doesn't make you a bad fat activist to ban it. It's banned in my chat because people weaponize it. I can call myself fat, but trolls on the internet cannot call me fat. They're not allowed. So feel free to ban that word in your chat for a little while. Get your friends that are going to hang out in your stream anyway to have a sword. Give them a sword. And like, if they're, if they're bad at their job, then take the sword away. But it's nice to have a friend or two that know, like know you and can protect you. Also play games that you want to play. Don't play the games that are popular if you hate them. It's, it's uh, chat knows when you're not having a good time. Also, the last really big thing that I will say is that if you want to do Twitch as like some form of career or just want to have it as a job or whatever, you need to use Twitter. <laughs> you have to. It's one of the things that is the bane of my existence, but you have to use Twitter. Taking your clips from stream captioning them putting them on twitter allows other people to find you it's going to allow other people to to get to know you and your vibe and stop into your stream utilizing those tools even though they're a little cumbersome it's going to be really really beneficial for you as a streamer and learning how to brand yourself and learning like what your style of comedy is if you want to rely on comedy like those things are really 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 important but lastly the last thing that i want to say is that like you don't have to be anyone but yourself to do streaming you literally can just be yourself and there is an audience for everyone. You are not going to be for all markets and that's okay. Your people will find you and that's fine. It might take a little while because Twitch is a vast pool <laughs> of so many streamers, but you will find your people. If you want to find your people faster, what I recommend going into other streams. Don't self-promote. It's not recommend. Do not do that. But go into other streams and actually be a part of their community and make friends because those friends will come to your stream and you can go to their streams. It's all about the family vibe. So like treat it as oh, such. You're so perfect. You're I perfect. You. I love you. <laughs> can you just tell people where to find you on the internet? And uh, everyone, please go check out Jude. Tell us where to click to, to find your stuff. Where to click, yes. You can find me everywhere at Mermaid Queen Jude, except Twitter, because Twitter is a hater. <laughs> it is Mer Queen Jude on Twitter. M-E-R-Q-U-E-E-N-J-U-D-E on Twitter. Because again, Twitter is a hater. But Mermaid Queen Jude on everything else. 
literally, it makes me so mad. It's probably one of the biggest banes of my existence. I am over by one letter. One letter. Oh. And Twitter won't give me the handle. I'm so pissed. <laughs> you can't be Mermaid Queen Judd. Yeah. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I, that will go to me. Go with me to the grave. I'm so pissed about it. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Thank you so much for coming on the show, finally. I'm so glad we got to have you. And I'm so glad that I know more about Twitch now because I literally, like, <laughs> Yelly had to tell me so much because I was like, I don't know anything about this. Um, and thank you for being you. And um, yeah. Thank you yeah. for being you. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Um, thanks for being on the show. And goodbye. Bye. It is so cool to have Jude as a friend of the pod. Yes, and let me shout out another friend of the pod, Sweet Cheese Cow, who <laughs> left us this review on Apple Podcasts. They said, this podcast helps me re-examine the way I think about and love my body and hold myself and others to a higher standard when it comes to how we treat other people. Thank you so much for putting this out into the world. That is so nice and so validating for me. And that kind of review is what makes this worth it for me to do because I feel like the family is out there making the world better. If you want to make us laugh and cry and someday get to new and noteworthy, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and I'll be excited about it every single time. <laughs> and we can't forget to shout out our patrons. So thank you to Jenny Penny and Jex Lando. Kelsey Ford. Rebecca Brown, Jess Wagner, Joanna Jackson, Brooke Howell, Katrina Evans, Kay Milbrook, Katie Cummings, and Tatiana Flessis. We couldn't make the show without you. Bye! She's All Fat was created by me, Sophie Carter-Kahn, and April K. Quio, who graduated. We are an independent production. If you'd like to support the work we do, you can join our Patreon by visiting patreon.com slash she'sallfatpod. When you pledge to be a supporter, you'll get all sorts of goodies and extra content. Please make sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It's super important in making sure people find the show so we can grow the family. Be sure to check out the show notes for links to the stuff we mentioned today. And don't forget to send us your questions at fyi at she'sallfatpod.com. You can also leave us a voicemail at 213-375-5023 and we might even play it on the pod. Our episode ads are done in partnership with Acast. If you're interested in sponsoring the show, you can get started at acast.com. Our theme music was composed and produced by Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs. Our website was designed by Jesse Fish and our logo is by Hannah Sanger. Lynn Barbera co-produced and edited this episode. Yelly Cruz is our magical junior producer. Our thin crony forever is Maria Bertel. I'm our host and co-producer. Our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter handles are at She's All Fat Pod. You can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Stay safe. We love you. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. 
juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.